Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Thursday, September 7th, and glad you're tuned in and listening today over the Light and Truth Radio Network. Well, I want to thank the Lord. We had a good midweek prayer service last night here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. We had a good number. We had a visitor that dropped in on us, and we had uh, some folks that had been out sick that was able to be with us, some folks that had not been sick but had been staying out because of the sickness that was in the area that was able to be back with us. And so we were blessed to have a pretty good crowd last night. And we had, I thought, a good service in the house of God. I just preached an old, old-time old sermon on standing for the truth, pretty much. I just talked about our King James Bible and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're going to play a couple of songs and then the message that I trust will be a blessing to you. All right, we are looking again in the Scripture at Ruth chapter number 2, and today we're starting our reading in verse number 11. We're going to read Ruth chapter 2, verses 11 through 17, and I'm preaching on the fact that Ruth is learning to trust We've talked about this chapter is entitled Education, the Education of Ruth. She's learning to trust. We've talked yesterday on the broadcast about the grace that was shown to Ruth. Now, on today's broadcast, we're going to start talking about the grand supply. She meets up with Boaz. Not only is he a great man of wealth, his fields are fertile, and he allows her to have a great grand supply. We'll find out about Ruth meeting Boaz and Boaz giving the good report of Ruth. This particular sermon was originally preached back on May the 18th, 2015. And so I hope you stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live in the studios of WSOF Radio and Light and Truth Radio Network. Well, in the book of Ruth, chapter number two, uh, let me remind you that in this book, we're looking at the education that Ruth received in Bethlehem, the fact that she learned to trust and the fact that God allowed her to prosper in that trust. I've got three main points that I want to bring out, and we've touched on one already. That first one is the grace shown. We looked at verses 1 through 10 and saw the grace that was shown in Ruth's life in the fact that she was allowed to land in the right field. She was at the right place at the right time. And that field belonged to Boaz, but also that Boaz came along and and even introduces himself unto Ruth. Now we're looking at chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible said, And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown, showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother, and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids, handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and she he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. 
And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until evening, and beat out that which she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. We're going to stop reading there. That's reading Ruth chapter 2, verses 11 through 17. I'm talking about the grand supply. Now, we had spoken uh, on Friday on our broadcast about how that Boaz had a uh, had plenteous fields. He had plenteous barley. He had plenty of, of grain that would feed her. But he also had a heart that was, was reaching out to help somebody in need. He not only had a great estate, but he he had a great heart. He had a great ability, but he also had a great compassion upon that. Amen. And how that he showed her that love. And we talked about how that Christ has all you need. Christ has all I need. That there's nothing that we need that he cannot give us. Matter of fact, I reminded you that in in John chapter number 6 and verse 66, when many of those disciples turned and walked away from the Lord, and the Bible said walked with him no more, then Jesus turned turned to the other disciples, the twelve, and he said unto them, Will ye also depart or leave? And Peter said this, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. In other words, Peter was saying, Lord, we don't have anywhere else to go. You've got the goods. You've gotten what we need, and we've got to get it from you. And I'm glad our God has the supply that you need. And so we're going to look at that grand supply a little bit. Not just that it was in the field, but that God put it in the hand of Ruth, that God allowed Boaz uh, to be a blessing to Ruth and to help her. Now, you see, after Ruth's act of humble submission, she bowed to, to Boaz, and she honestly reported, confessed what she was. She said, I'm not like your handmaids. She said, I, I'm a stranger. I'm, I'm a foreigner. And she was probably, no doubt, honestly surprised at Boaz's kind treatment to her. Then he informs her that he has heard of her kindness shown to her lonely and embittered mother-in-law. You remember that Naomi had lost everything she had while living in the land of bread and promise. They had a drought come, and in that drought, apparently, they must have lost their property. They had lost their uh, their uh, ability to sustain themselves. And Elimelech, in that uh, in that loss, moves out of Bethlehem and Judah and goes down into Moab. And while he's there, Naomi with him and their two sons, Elimelech dies, and both the sons die. So Naomi has lost everything. Naomi now is embittered. Matter of fact, she wants to change her name from Naomi, which means pleasant, to Mara, which means bitter. And she talks about how that she's been dealt very bitterly, and the Lord has dealt very bitterly with her. But I'm telling you, Ruth was a, a, was a shining light, a shining ray of hope in the darkness of Naomi's bitterness. And Ruth had been good to her mother-in-law. Ruth had stayed to keep company with her mother-in-law. Even though Ruth was hurting, she was willing to help somebody else that was hurting. I'm going to tell you, God smiles on that. The Bible says that that we'll reap as we sow, and that we if we want to reap mercy, we need to sow some mercy. The Bible said, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." Amen. But if you if you give out uh, bitterness, you give out hatefulness, uh, you you sow discord. I'm telling you, you're going to reap 
the whirlwind. You're going to reap troubles and trials and more of the same of what you've dished out. But God smiles on those who maybe they're hurting themselves and yet they reach out a hand of help and they reach out a, an arm of friendship and compassion on others who are in need. Amen. Now, it seems like that in the land of Bethlehem that all the town must have been in an uproar. Because Boaz, he's been out in his field. Boaz has been about in his business. And he said, I've heard all about you. I know what's being said, he's saying. He's saying to her, apparently, that the whole town was in an uproar uh, because this strange Moabitish woman had followed Naomi back from her wanderings. No doubt the gossipers had been chirping wildly. Amen. No doubt they'd been ringing the phones. They'd been sending the text messages. They'd been sending out the emails. They'd been sending out the uh, the talk and talking behind their hand and, and in hushed tones and they were talking about this strange woman that came back with Naomi. They had talked about how that uh, she'd come out of Moab and she had determined that Naomi's people were going to be her people and that Naomi's God was going to be her God. And so somewhere along the line, Boaz had heard about that. Amen. Some of them, though apparently, not only were gossiping and maybe complaining and, and talking down about Ruth coming, but apparently some of them had looked beyond on Ruth's pedigree and saw her purity. Notice that she was a good woman. Notice that she was staying fast by her mother-in-law and was not chasing after the young men. And that's what Boaz talks about later on, about how that Ruth was a uh, chaste woman. Ruth was a pure woman. And so perhaps they looked past her pedigree and saw her purity. Amen. They saw her persistence as she stuck by Naomi's side and they had commented so that Boaz had heard it. Amen. I want to say thank God for those who look for good things in others instead of just always those bad things. Amen. Sometimes, listen, you'll hear enough evil reports. You'll hear enough evil reports. We ought to do our best to perk our ears up to some good reports. And maybe we could supply some good reports. Amen. It is a good and Christian quality to seek for good in others and downplay or dismiss reports about those who have been slanted by jealousy or by envy and they complain and confuse the statements about others in their life. Amen. It is a good practice to speak well of others in order to provoke them unto love and good works, as the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10 and verse 24. Listen, we're living in a day when it seems like there's a lot of provoking going on, but the provoking's not to love and it's not to good works. The provoking is to anger and the provoking is to jealousy and the provoking is unto strife. I'm telling you, as, as James said, brethren, these things ought not so to be. Amen. In the house of God, we ought to be looking for the good and talking about the good. Amen. I used to say sometimes that uh, when I would preach and I would I would I would get on the, the television talking about how the wickedness that's on the television, the worldliness that's on the television, and I would recommend, I still would recommend that anybody if they've got a television, get rid of the thing. Amen. You that's the best thing you could do with it. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that's on there is not fitting to listen to, let alone see what's going on. Amen. But Lot vexed his soul by the seeing and hearing what's going on down in Sodom, and I believe that's happening in America today. But I use the 
understood the argument. I'm not trying to preach on that right now, but just using this illustration, I would use the argument then that people would say, well, preacher, the only reason I've got one or the only reason I keep one is so that I can watch the news. And I would say to them, that's the worst thing that you could have one for because the news on the television never talks about good news. It's all bad news, bad news. It's it's almost like this. They say, this is how bad it is. And then they'll come back in a moment saying, this is, this is even worse. Listen to this. And then they say, hold on just a minute and we'll tell you something even worse. And then they'll go to an advertisement and they'll come back and they'll tell it even worse. And then at the close of the program, they say, tune in tomorrow and we'll tell it even worse. Listen, as Christians, we ought not just look for bad news. There's plenty of bad news, plenty of bad news in our world. But somebody needs to spread the good news. Somebody needs to announce the good news. Somebody needs to brag on the Lord and the work of God. And it don't hurt to brag on the people of God a little bit. Amen. Amen. So Boaz heard the good things about Ruth. And he says to her, I have heard that. He commends Ruth for her good behavior. He commends Ruth for her good testimony. Now I want to stop just a minute. I want to ask you. I wonder what kind of testimony you or I have. I wonder what's being said about us down by the well, if I could set that way, down at the at the general store as it would have been days gone by. I guess today it'd be what's being said about us down at Walmart. What's being said about us over at the barber shop? What's being said about us over at the beauty shop? What's being said about us over the internet? What's being said about us? Now I'm not talking about the slander. I recognize that it seems like we're living in a day when those that do have a, a, a wicked voice are proclaiming that louder than those that do know the good news. And it shouldn't be that, but that's the way it is. But I am talking about what do people see in us? What is our testimony? Can they see resourcefulness? Can they see purity? Can they see persistence? Can they see that we are uh, we're doing better than we used to do? We've been changed into a new creature, that we're living for the Lord, and that church and the Bible and Christianity has helped us? Can they see that? They ought to be able to see that. And, and Boaz commended Ruth for her good behavior. He commended Ruth for her testimony. He exhorted her to keep looking to God for blessings. Amen. He said God's going to bless you because of your behavior. He's telling her God's going to bless you because of your purity and because of the way that you've behaved and acted towards your mother-in-law. God's going to bless that. He said to her, he said, the Lord will bless you. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. In other words, he said, you're believing in God? Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, believe God for a blessing. Because he said, you've been behaving right. And God blesses good behavior. Amen. Then, perhaps as an act of gratitude, Boaz invites this Moabitess widow to sit with him at lunch. To sit along with alongside of his faithful laborers. And while she's there, he gives her some of his own personal delicacies. Amen. She sits down at the table and feasts with the reapers. Amen. Uh, Amen. This is much like the gentleness and the kindness that the Savior uses to woo the sinner to his side. Amen. He daily loads us down with blessings. Amen. He's good to us every day. And he gives us so many benefits. And he grants us so much mercy. And he gives his goodness to us every day. That goodness which is to lead us to repentance. Amen. God does that for the sinner. This woman Ruth saw in Boaz's house that there was bread enough and to spare. 
And then he generously gave it to whosoever followed him. Amen. She saw that this man not only had a large estate, but she starts seeing a little bit about his heart. Amen. Now, I wonder if Ruth's heart was not moved, if it was not moved within her at the kindness and the generosity of Boaz. Amen. This might have caused her to snap to her feet, get back quickly to the field and glean some more and attempt to clear her head because I believe the, the wooings of love was starting to move in her heart and in her head. Amen. Boaz then commands the reapers to let fall some handfuls of purpose for Ruth. He said she ought to be able to glean those without rebuke. Amen. In verse number 16, and he let fall, he said, and let fall also some handful. Let me back up. Verse number 15. And when she was risen to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. In other words, let her get up there and glean where the good stuff's at. She don't have to stay in the scrappy part. She can get up in the good stuff. Amen. And let her glean even among the sheaves and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field. Amen. He said that she's going to have those handfuls of purpose. Amen. He dropped those handfuls on purpose. Amen. The confidence now of her trust was beginning to reap an abundant harvest. She had began to trust. She just had a little bit of faith in in the working of God. And God showed her that He'd bless her abundantly. And then she believed Him for more. And God blessed her even more abundantly. Amen. I'm telling you, our God loves to reward faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. That's what the Bible says. But and it says we've got to believe that He is and that He is rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So if we're diligently seeking after God, He smiles on that and He rewards us. But it looks to me like that the more we seek after Him and the more we seek to serve Him, the more abundantly that He rewards us and the more abundantly He rewards our faith. Amen. And so she begins to reap an abundant harvest. She finds, I'm talking about Ruth now, finds in Boaz one who perfectly appreciates her diligence labor. Amen. Nothing seems to escape his observant eye. He responds to her faithfulness with added blessings. He could have taken from his harvest pile and dropped it into her hands. He could have given it, but he, that would have stinted her frugality and her industry. He wanted her to learn to be careful and he wanted her to learn to be cautious and he wanted her to learn to be consistent in gathering up the gleanings. Amen. He dropped it almost accidentally, these handfuls of purpose. She was still engaged to search for the bread. She was still engaged to labor for her bread. Amen. And yet she was given extra for her labors. I'm telling you, the Bible says that if you want God, you need to seek after him. Amen. The Bible says you need to hunger and thirst after righteousness, and then you will be filled. Amen. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's why you need to seek the Lord while he may be found. That's why you need to call upon him while he's near. Amen. That's why you need to pray and keep on praying and seek after God. Amen. If we would only be observant, we would notice that the Lord of the harvest has dropped us plenty of handfuls of purpose along the way. Amen. He has proven his love and his graciousness by his handfuls of purpose. He gives us blessings liberally and upbraideth not. Amen. Then Ruth had finished her gleaning and she thrashed her barley out. She gathered what the Bible said about an ephah of barley. Most gleaners could expect to gather just enough to keep from starving. And that was about all. But this woman, who was a stranger to Israel, had gathered enough barley to feed herself and her mother-in-law at least five days each. Amen. One ephah of barley was ten omers. And the Bible said that when God dropped manna out of heaven, that a man could eat one omer. 
Amen. This girl had ten of those that feed her for five days and her mother-in-law for five days. No doubt this was more than Ruth even dared to hope that she might glean from the field. She had gotten more than she bargained for. And while I'm running out of time, I want to tell you, if you'll go to God, you'll find out He'll give you more than you bargained for. He'll give you more than just enough to scrape by. Amen. God's salvation does not only save us from hell, but it gives us added benefits, multiple benefits by the goodness and the grace of God. Well, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd. Thank you for tuning in today. Hope the message has been helpful. And please tune in the same time tomorrow, 5.05, for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast.